in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Chargers clinched a playoff spot by beating the Colts last night. Final score was 20-3. to The Chargers picked off Nick Foles three times and had seven sacks, the most sacks they've had in a game since 2016. So the Raiders continue to be the only team that has lost to the high school coach? That is accurate. That's amazing. Fortunately. That. And that was his first game. Yes, first game, has not won a game since, and often has looked incompetent. Um, sometimes for a half, like they did against Minnesota, and this time for the entirety of the game, like they did against the Chargers. Did I see it right that this guy isn't one with one of the cardboard play calls? I think last night I was watching him and looking for him to see to look down on the cardboard. I don't know if he has one. I don't think he does either. Do they allow him to have that? Um, he doesn't have the Denny's menu? No, I don't think he does. So here's my question on the Chargers. They're in the playoffs. First time Justin Herbert will play in a playoff game. They're currently the sixth seed. They can potentially jump up to the five if they can catch uh, whoever loses the AFC North, Cincinnati or Baltimore. Um, do you believe they can do anything in the playoffs? I mean, if they if Cincinnati continues to play as it is, I'm not so sure because it'd be either Cincinnati or Kansas City. They'd either go to one of those. But if they get the five seed, then they play the AFC South winner, yeah. Jacksonville or Tennessee. Well, if they get the five seed, I think they could do something, yeah. So here's the thing with the Chargers. Their high-end talent is so good that it's not hard for me to see them beating anybody in the AFC. Right, It's not too difficult for me to envision them beating Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati. So if they play Cincinnati in the first round and beat them, or if they get the five seed and play Jacksonville win and then beat one of Kansas City, Kansas or, Buffalo, City or Buffalo, I wouldn't be that surprised by it. But here's the problem for the Chargers. Their current setup, where the, NFL, or where the AFC standings are right now, their path, assuming favorites win, their path to the Super Bowl would be at Kansas City, or excuse me, at Cincinnati, at, Cincinnati. at Buffalo, <laughs> at, at Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. And I cannot envision yeah. them winning all three of those. Now, if there's some upsets and, you know, Baltimore's in the AFC Championship or something like that, or Miami gets it figured out, or Jacksonville, whatever, if there's some upsets and their path is a lot easier. But right now, if the, you know, the favorites win, it's at Cincinnati, it's at Buffalo, it's at Kansas City. And I just. I can't imagine. I can see them winning any one of those games. I can't see them winning all three of those games to get there. You think they have a harder time doing that than Dallas does getting through on the other end? Yes, because I believe the top three in the AFC are better than the top three in the NFC. Like Dallas is going to have to go most likely Tampa, Tampa Philly, and then Minnesota or San Francisco. Right. And I think that is much easier than what you have to do on the other side because Here's the thing. If you if you did this super simplistic and just said, what quarterbacks do you have to beat? The Chargers have to beat Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. The Cowboys Brady, have to beat Brady, Hurts, Hurts and, left Brady. and Purdy or Cousins. Maybe Purdy. That's sign I, I think I'd take all three in the AFC over all three in the NFC. Opposite, right? I, like the all you three of the all AFC the, uh, are better than all right, three of those. No, okay, NFC if you're packs. taking them to, to, to start, it, right. okay, all right. Now that's super simplistic. Obviously, the 49ers are more than a quarterback, whatever. But 
the path for the Cowboys is, I think it's much easier than what the Chargers would currently have to go through. Now, again, they catch Baltimore, they get the five seed, and they start with Jacksonville or Tennessee. All right, that's a little bit of a different conversation. They get the six seed and have to start with Cincinnati or Kansas City. Right, then it's, it's different. Yeah, they might win one, maybe two, but I don't see them winning three of those on the road. It Are the Chargers the only team... I mean, the Ravens were like this last year, except it started in the preseason. That They're like, we won the game. We lost a player. Yes. Like, that's the exchange they've made. <laughs> I think Every win, it's like, well, he's out now, right. but we won the game. I think they're actually getting healthier, though. Guys are actually coming back to the team rather than leaving. Although Derwin James did get ejected last night for one of the most obvious targeting calls <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Like, the NFL doesn't even technically have targeting. Right. It's just unnecessary roughness right but it was like that's that's the exact when they show what's targeting that's what it they was show. that yes. hit <laughs> poor adam hill the new york mets are now worried about carlos correa's physical the san francisco giants had a verbal agreement with carlos correa but backed out because of ankle surgery he had in 2014 and now the Mets are reportedly worried about that same injury. How, did he get it done at like a discount? Well, I was going to say, this <laughs> did guy, he have a two for one? We talked about it last last week about all that he's done since 14. Why hasn't this been an issue? I have. It doesn't seem like it's been an issue the way he's played. Like, to me, the logical answer here is that these teams are like, oh, he'll be good for four years. And then we're worried about what happens with the ankle. But isn't that the case for everybody? I mean, yeah. any player yes. you sign to a 10, 11, 12, 13-year deal, you're going to look around and say, okay, how good is he going to be when he's 35, right. 37, 39? Like, I don't know. To me, it's it's bizarre. And here's the interesting part that uh, has been reported on a couple of times. The Athletic wrote about it. Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, has publicly commented on Carlos Correa and signing him. So... The insinuation here is that the Mets kind of might be forced into signing Carlos Correa because their owner has essentially made it official that they're signing Carlos Correa. I don't know how well that actually holds up, but if you're Steve Cohen and you're the Mets owner right now, doesn't he kind of just have to pay this? Like he's been well, spending money to spend money, and has now it been you're going to tell paper me yet? no. So, but you're going to sit here and say, oh. We were going to get that big name free agent, but we're worried about an ankle injury that hasn't bothered him in eight years. Like that sounds like something a cheap owner does to get out of it. Not something right. like Steve Cohen's been the exact opposite of that. Steve Cohen just signed Justin Verlander, who's like 95 years old and didn't pitch for two whole seasons. Who's up next? The Dodgers? <laughs> Can they swoop in and get him? <laughs> At this point, they might not be worried that people boo him. They'd be like, oh, he's the only good player left that we can sign. We better get him. I do wonder if this leads to Correa taking a uh, another short-term deal. That's what he had to do last year. Twins yes. gave him the essentially one year. It was longer, but he had player opt-outs. I mean, I, if they haven't signed him yet, and it's been, what, a week? And they're worried about this ankle as well? They might have to uh, redo the term. Yeah. If, if, if he would do that, I mean, he might not have a choice here. Because the more teams that do this with the ankle... No one's stepping up with like 12 or 13 years again. Correa just needs to sign one-year deals for the largest possible amount of money every single year. <laughs> just be like, all right, you wanted to pay me $30 million every year for 12. All right, you're giving me 50 for, for one. one. And then next year, somebody's giving me 55 right. 
for one. That's that's what Carlos Correa should do and make all that money up in half the time. And then, oh, look, my ankle doesn't work anymore because I'm 37 <laughs> and nothing was going to work when I was 37. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. All right. You got to tell me if you think this is a big deal. So Christmas Day, NBA, Grizzlies uh, lost to the Warriors, 123 to 109. Watch that. There's a story on CBS Sports. Uh, apparently, most NBA teams in their locker room before the game have a television that's just playing the scouting report of the team they're about to play on loop. So there's just a video scouting report, and it just plays on loop on the TV. According to CBS Sports, the Grizzlies, instead of having that scouting report on their TV, had the Bucks and Celtics game on. Uh, Danny Green, who's injured but is on the Grizzlies, said, the Golden State scouting video will go on later. We watch enough of the Warriors. The Warriors then beat the Grizzlies 123-109. to uh, Long NBA season, I don't think that matters at all. I don't think it does I either. I don't think it matters like, at all. Like, it's a bad look when you lose and it's like, ah, we didn't pay attention don't to the scouting let, video. Uh, don't let Clay walk over you. <laughs> that would be helpful. Actually, no, let him do that because it's a technical foul. Um, but I don't think this, this matters. This isn't... Like, this isn't, hey, instead of watching film or listening to the coach, we watch the Bucks, right? This is, oh, it's just on the TV on loop. So right. if I'm absentmindedly watching it, something might get absorbed right. into my brain a little bit better. This was, hey, it's just on the TV. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. Guys are walking through the locker room, glancing up. Right. And, like, really taking like, it in. Oh, yeah. That Clay Thompson guy's a good he shooter. Shoot. Oh, you should get out on that. him. So that's the part of it that I don't think is a big deal. Just it is a bad look. However, as Jared alluded to, Clay Thompson hit a three late in that game and then just crouched down yes. and barked. Yes. Basically got got a technical foul for taunting. A lot of technicals in that game. Warriors knocked the Grizzlies out of the playoffs last year. Uh, they met in a um, with the play-in rounds, and the Grizzlies knocked the Warriors out a couple of years ago. Maybe the most fun uh, matchup we cool. could get in the postseason. Yeah. Like, I mean, they do not like each they other. They don't like each other. For, legitimately, sometimes that's completely contrived right. by TV or whoever wants you to believe that. These guys don't like each right. other. So I am hoping we get Grizzlies and Warriors in the postseason again because it'll probably be one of the most fun playoff series regardless of what the basketball looks like. Depending on where the Warriors, it could be the second round. Well, it could be the first round. <laughs> The Warriors got to yeah. get out of the playing rounds. Are we not going to mention that Steph Curry was dressed like a carpet? That was a oh, long. Nice that question. was a long. That was a long jacket. Nice question. That was a really long jacket. <laughs> it looked that genuinely looked like he took an old like lounge chair from the seventies yes, and went with the velvet. Go ahead and uh, cut cut yeah. that open. I'm going to wear it. The Jets will likely move on from Zach Wilson after Aww. the season. That's according to Jay Glazer. Mike White, by the way, has been cleared to play. The Jets have playoff hopes, but they have been shrinking recently. So if they're going to move on from Zach Wilson, uh, Wilson has two years left on his rookie deal. By the way, if they uh, release him, it's a $20 million dead cap. And if they trade him, it's $11 million dead cap hit. Is anybody going to trade for him? The Raiders. Maybe still on a rookie deal. Maybe still on a rookie deal. As bad as Do he you is. get the fifty-year option? Uh, yeah, I believe you. It transfers over. Why though? Like what? Like what do you think Zach Wilson is going to be? 
uh, entertaining on social media. Zach Wilson next year's cap hit is nine point <laughs> five million dollars. <laughs> like what? Like what? If you trade for him, what are you planning to start him? Again, I still think number two pick over. It's just like with the Nathaniel Hackett thing with the Broncos. I still think there are egomaniacs out there who would look at a guy like that and think they can turn him around, and on a rookie deal, it would be worth it. I, I'm not saying it would happen. I'm just saying coach, there's coaches out there who always believe they're better than the people that they are taking a guy from, and that they might say, no, 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 he's a number two pick overall. We like this about him. We can change him. Not that it, not yeah. that I, it might happen, but I just if you're asking me if anyone would trade for him, I think there might be teams that would think they could, they could turn him around. Who in the NFL is saying we're starting Zach Wilson next year? Denver? <laughs> highest paid backup in the yes, league. Highest paid backup in the league. Like I, like, I just have a hard time. But, like, in all seriousness, draft somebody in the fourth round and start that guy instead yeah. of Zach Wilson. Like, I, I just can't imagine a team that's out there that would say, you know what our best chance to, to win this year is? Zach Wilson. Like, he's been so bad. It's not even redeemable at this point. And if you trade for him, you inherit his contract, and you've got a $9.8 million dead cap hit on a backup quarterback if you're not planning to start him, which would be stupid. So I can't imagine they actually get anything of value for him. If they trade him, it's a, hey, uh, you gave us a six, then we sent Then are they going to release him and take that hit? That would be my guess. If they're truly going to move on from him, that's, to me, the if only this legitimate is true. option. Right, because I... I wouldn't trade for him. Like, maybe if the Jets were like, ah, we'll throw in a second-round pick to get rid of him, then bring him on. He'll be our backup, and we get a second-round pick. But otherwise, I just don't believe there's much... uh, There's not going to be much of an appetite for Zach Wilson because you can't possibly go in the next year and say, Zach Wilson is our starting quarterback, and a backup for 9.8 is just too much money. Oh, can I, are you proud of yourself? Yes. yes. Uh, you're proud of yourself? Yeah, Fox backs me. Wow. Well, and to be honest, to be honest. No, 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 that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please. Uh, this was a nice uh, December 23rd news dump. Jets wide receiver coach Miles Austin yeah. was suspended <laughs> for violating the NFL's gambling policy. Uh, he reportedly bet on sports that were not the NFL. So whatever it was, basketball, baseball, Cricket. soccer, or something like that. Uh, but Miles Austin suspended, a coach suspended for betting on sports. On I have other not sports seen, other than the NFL. Have you guys seen? I have not seen the length of the suspension. No. Okay. I saw that he was suspended. Right. But no length is given. Obviously, Calvin Ridley was suspended for a for full a season. Yep. That was a player. Uh, who was betting when he was on uh, IR, was not even with the team when he was betting on uh, sports, and he was betting on football, too. Here's a genuine question. Should a coach or player in the NFL be allowed to bet on, let's say, the World Series? Yes. I mean, I think they should be. And I think the NFL of the the hypocritical tendencies of the NFL with now completely embracing gambling on all levels, now you're suspending guys for betting on cricket. Yeah, I, it, to me, it's just an interesting detail of, hey, you can't bet on a random basketball game or a soccer right. game. I, or a like, baseball game. I get the idea of, oh, we just don't want them to do it at all, and this prevents them from possibly leading to betting on football, but it does seem a little bit strange uh, that you embrace gambling now, but don't yes, allow but don't, but to bet on spend guys for a year. sports. Are coaches allowed to play, like, fantasy football? Yeah. I mean, players are. I, don't, I assume yeah. coaches are, too. 
Coming up next, UNLV basketball. How good a shape are they in to go to the NCAA tournament? Left side of that line. Here comes Derwin on the blitz. And Derwin. And that pass is intercepted. Michael Davis with the pick to the 30, to the 35, to the 40, to the 42-yard line before he is wrapped up behind by Jelani Woods. And they rush four. Foles. And this is... It's caught by Derwin. Is it an interception? And they say, waiting for a decision. Is it a pick? Derwin caught it. Did he get both feet in? Come on, interception. Welcome back, Derwin James. Trips up top for Foles. Tranquil now backs out. They only rush four. Van Noy coming. And Foles intercepted for the third time today to the 30. To the 25. Right sideline out of bounds. Asante Samuel Jr. for the second time this season. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. UNLV basketball is back in action tomorrow. They take on San Jose State. They're on the road. Their first conference game of the season. So this team got off to an incredible start. They ended up going 11-1 in non-conference play. Where do you think they stand for the NCAA tournament right now? I don't think they're in as an at-large yet. Um, Net 51, Ken Palm 75, I still think they have work to do in the conference. Neither of those numbers, the net or the Ken Get Palm, you in. Are, are putting you in the NCAA no. tournament. Now, uh, in about a month, those numbers will stabilize a lot more. Because, sure. as I've said before, those are both largely based on who you play, and more than half of your schedule is against your conference opponents, right. and none of the conference opponents have been played yet. So in about a month, we'll see where those numbers stand, and that will give us a better idea. If we get into late January, early February, and they're still in the 50s or the 70s in Net and Ken Palm, they're, they're, not an they're basically going to have no shot right. at it. They're going to have to go on a crazy run to end the season. If we get there and their Net and their Ken Palms are in the 40s, then, Especially in the 30s. If right. you're in the Ken Palm in the 30s, you're in. Right. If you're in the 30s, you got a tremendous shot. If you're in the 40s, you got a decent, got a shot. decent shot. And at least, because at that point, they're still going to have about half their conference games left, you're going to have you know a chance to make up and, and move up in the rankings. But right now, their net and their Ken Palm are not what would put you in the NCAA tournament. And then on top of that, if you look at, you know, they're 11-1 and one so far. What have they done? Uh, if we go by Ken Palm, they have two top 100 wins. It's Dayton and Washington State, but neither of those teams are actually in the top 50. Uh, their one loss is to San Francisco, who is in the top 100 at the moment. So right now, you look at their resume and you would say, oh, 11 and 1, but you don't really have the quality wins. Um, technically, I actually need to check where Southern Miss is. Southern Miss might still be a quad one win at the moment. It probably won't be by the end of the year. Um, so. If we look at the Mountain West play, if we look at it from the standpoint of they still have work to do, you have seven Mountain West teams that are currently in the Ken Palm Top 100. That includes UNLV. 11 of UNLV's Mountain West games. They play 18. 11 of them are against teams currently in the Top 100. The worst Mountain West team is Air Force, who's only 170. So that means there's not bad teams on the schedule. Only 170. Are they going to do enough in conference play? And what do you think is enough? How many wins is enough? 13 to 14. That's a big number. Yeah, it is. Because that is 14 and four or 13, 13 and five, five to go to the NCAA. Put that up there. Tournament. 13 and five. 
that would be, and here's the thing, that would be a tremendous season for UNLV <laughs> if you are able to get to 13 or 14 wins. Here's the issue for UNLV. They have 11 wins so far on the year. Six of those 11 wins were against teams that are currently outside the top 170 in Ken Palm. They will not play a single team outside the top 170 the rest of the way. Meaning they beat up on bad teams in non-conference play. They're not going to get that opportunity very often in Mountain West play. They're going to be playing good teams almost every single game. And I don't know if they're going to be good enough to rip off the 13. And All right. Right. What do you think? 11 or 12? Is that doable? I think they go 11 and seven. I think 11 and seven is about the mark that UNLV hits this season. Um, is that Pom- enough to get them in? Well, it depends. depends it does on depend on who they beat, but I don't think it will be because I think seven losses, it's going to be too, it's going to be too much when you don't have the great wins because the mountain, because here again, the problem with the Mountain West is these teams are good, but not outstanding. Like That's the problem with the Mountain West. San Diego State right now is a Ken Palm 25. Utah State's a Ken Palm 39. But outside of that, you're talking about 60, 66, 75, 87, 92. None of those are going to be incredible wins. None of those are going to be wins that are like, oh, the NCAA tournament's going to put you in because of those. But there's a really good chance you lose a lot of those games. And that's where I think the problem is, is they're going to lose to New Mexico. They're going to lose to Nevada. They're going to lose to Colorado State, teams like that. And those aren't going to kill you, but there's going to be enough of those losses on the schedule that it keeps you out of the NCAA tournament. No, I agree in terms of this league. And this league, and you and I have talked about this, this league on the road is going to be hard. Yeah, I don't care who you're playing. Well, well, I don't know. We've seen them lose at Air Force. but uh, And we'll see about San Jose State this week. But this league on the road is going to be very hard. This league has some decent teams this year, and it's going to be hard to win on the road. Maybe I overshot 13-5, and five, but I'm trying to think about what it takes to get in at large. Yeah, that's what it's going to take because they don't have the quality wins. This is not, this is not a team walking into Mountain West play with three top 50 wins already in the bag. They don't have those. They have to create those in Mountain West play. And here's the thing. Going on the road, I don't know if this matters. They've played one road game all year. They've played a single road game. They went to San Diego. That is it. They did not go on the road and play a lot of these opponents. They didn't play all of them at home, right? They went to San Juan Capistrano and played Minnesota. Remember that? Remember that Southern Illinois. They went to or they excellent sandwich. They stayed yes. home and played in Henderson and played at uh, on the Strip and played Hawaii and Washington State. So they didn't play all their games strictly at home, but they didn't go on the road. And I am curious how that changes things for this team. I'm curious to start this week. San Jose State's kind of a weird team with six people in attendance there. Yeah, and exactly. by the way, yeah, exactly, no atmosphere. One fifty-two in Ken Palm. Which is better than one, two, three, four, five, six teams they played. That they've in the already played. So, it, I think they're in a really tough spot to get in that large spot. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Sneak forward, and I think he's in. He is. He is in. Gardner Menchu sneaks for the touchdown. Play action. Pass. Caught. Touchdown. Wide open. The Fuente Smith. 
Beautiful play action. Devontae Smith had nobody around him, and he backed his way into the end zone and said, I've got it. Minshew back, pumps, fires, complete. Devontae Smith, touchdown, Eagles. This is a penalty fly, but they yeah. say it's against the Cowboys. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Check out his work at Yahoo Sports. Uh, Charles, before we get into any football, I do need an explanation from you for a tweet uh, from last night. Uh, you said, <laughs> when the Thanksgiving leftovers touch the Christmas leftovers, are you still eating Thanksgiving leftovers? No, no, I'm not eating Thanksgiving leftovers, and I'm I'm a little disappointed how many people thought I actually was. But last night, you know, I, I'm I'm in Charlotte uh, where my where my friends and my family lives. Uh, we were last night we were at uh, a birthday party for my friend's uh, grandmother's 90th birthday, uh, and one of my friends was bartending the event. So of course he was just giving me whatever I wanted. I got a little drunk, you know, maybe. My friend's mom grows some weed. Maybe she doesn't. We had a good time last night. And I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be funny if I made a tweet telling people that I was still eating Thanksgiving leftovers? Uh, and I wasn't going to do it because I was like, I don't feel like getting ratioed or having people ask me if I actually eat Thanksgiving leftovers. But you know how it is when you're guys and someone says, oh, you won't do that. And like, oh, I will do that. I will press them on that tweet. Uh, and I did, and here we are right now. But no, I'm not eating Thanksgiving leftovers still. All right, you, you can you, you can had freeze the, you can freeze the turkey. Are you trying to Ed? Come on, yeah. you're trying to find yeah. ways oh, to are, do are, this. Are, are you eating? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying you can. If I, I, I'm not, I'm not admitting to such. But turkey frozen can happen. I'm not admitting to it. Stop trying to find okay. ways for this to be okay. Ed. <laughs> it's not well. <laughs> Uh, it worked, Charles. Now you're here having to answer questions to us about whether or not you eat Thanksgiving food <laughs> or not. So congratulations to your friends. Uh, they did a very good job. Um, all right. Here's, a, here's an NFL question for you. Who hires Sean Payton? Um, I don't know. Like it, 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 It's an interesting thing because it's not just a, a clean hire, right? Because the, the, the Saints, they still own his contract. Uh, um. So you know, if you were to get, if you were to want to hire Sean Payton or come to an agreement with, with him, you'd have to still work out like a, a trade with him, uh, to get that done. So I, I don't really know who like is in a position to to, to really pull that off. Uh, it seems like Josh Daniels can be back with the Raiders uh, if if Sean Payton was available and they could make that happen. I mean, that would be probably a great fit for them if they want to. Uh, try again next year with the core that they have spent a whole lot of money and draft picks on. Uh, but, you know, if I was Sean Payton, I I am kicking myself right now because I would, be, I would have been praying for the downfall of Brandon Staley, like, all season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, that, that, Justin Herbert, to me, is, is, like, the perfect quarterback for, for Sean Payton. Like, someone who can play in structure like Drew Brees did, uh, and really, you know, uh, kind of run the plays how they're supposed to be run, but also at the same time has all the physical ability to do, like, you know, all the outside-the-pocket stuff and make, uh, you know, the, the top 1% throw. So uh, that that's where I would be looking if I was Sean Payton. But at, at any team with a head coaching uh, opening or any team that is, like, kind of on the future of a head coach should be calling Sean Payton about 
Hold on, Charles. Hold on. We're losing you. We're losing you. Oh, okay. You know, let me go outside real quick. Let me go outside real quick. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in the basement at my parents' house, so will okay. The connection can be a little sloppy. See, here's the thing. Okay, it's fascinating. How many how many places have basements? Does any place out here in Vegas have a basement? I've not run across yeah, one. I don't think they exist. Me. I don't think they <laughs> exist at all. All right. Uh, all right. Can you hear me a little better now? Yeah, you yeah, sound great much better, now. Much better. Okay. Okay. Uh, so as I was saying, you know, Sean Payton, Vic Fangio, um, like that combo. If, if you if you have a head coach in the opening, or you're like you're even slightly iffy on your head coach, then uh, I, I can't imagine a better duo than that. Uh, just in terms of like the amount of success these guys have had in, in this era of football. What do the Broncos do? <laughs> what do you mean? What do they do? They <laughs> suffer for the next like three years. Doesn't matter who that coach is. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, okay, you, you, here's how bad the Broncos situation is. Ijiro uh, uh, Ivero, their their defensive coordinator, he turned down the opportunity to be the head coach of this team. Like, <laughs> I, I can think about it. A first-time defensive coordinator that outside of this past weekend, has been almost flawless the entire year, trying to carry for, uh, honestly, one of the worst offenses that I've ever seen, had no interest in wanting to run this team full-time. Like, I, I, he, he's at the point where he can kind of pick and choose his spots for next year, uh, and that's kind of, it, it shows you, like, where this Broncos job is in the pecking order. Of course, it's still coveted, uh, just off the nature of being one of 32 highly paid jobs in the world, but if you have your options like their defensive coordinator does, you can see like what's going to end up happening here. He doesn't want the job, and he's been here and had a lot of success this season. Uh, so now they're, they turn it over to Jerry Rosberg. Uh, they, I, I think it's going to be tough for them because the, the realistic thing is, sure, you can, uh, you can trade or you, you can cut Russell Wilson if you want to, but then you, <laughs> you're, you're in cap hell for – probably like a, a season or two without the first round pick. So like the most, the most logical thing to me is just, dude, like maybe we can try to get someone in here who can bring in an OC that Russ has had success with and then just try to go from there. But it, it, it's not really looking good because there is no solution to the Broncos problem until Russell Wilson starts playing better. And like, I, I think, I think Nate Hackett was absolutely terrible this year and was, you know, it was right for them to let him go, but, he, he he wasn't the only problem. And until Russell Wilson can try to tap into what he used to be, that's going to be uh, the difference for them. Uh, the NFL over the weekend, we got games on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and a Monday night game. Was that the NFL too, too spread out? Okay, all right, thought so. <laughs> no, okay, it, it was really it was the Saturday for me. It was the Saturday games for me because uh, I was I woke up. On Christmas Eve, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like I have to work today. Like I have to do a lot of work today." <laughs> Usually, Christmas Eve—that's for you know, you're sleeping, you're 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 picking out food you're not supposed to be picking out. That's going to be made for dinner the next day. You play a lot of video games, but 
I was I was watching Panthers Lions. Uh, it was like it, it, the only the only intrigue with that was I was trying to see if the Panthers could break the single game rushing record. Uh, and the concept just went off the gas in the second half, and, and they didn't. So, uh, I look. I, I understand that uh, the Christmas Eve is going to be on a Sunday next year, but Roger Goodell, like if you're listening to this, and I know you are, uh, can can you please just Think about having like a league-wide bye week for Christmas next year. The, the games that were on this weekend, outside of Packers Dolphins, were not worth watching at all. And somehow, 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 the the, the a fifty-one to fourteen loss uh, at the hands of Baker Mayfield was not even the worst game of the day because whatever if you want to call it football that the Cardinals and Buccaneers put together, Tom Brady struggling to outscore Trace McSorley. Like I. I just don't think that we need that. You know, we get to this point in the season, everyone's so banged up, everyone's hurt. Let's just take a bye week off for everyone, riders like me included, and just spend time with your family. Then we'll reconvene after New Year's. I think that's a good plan. I think they're more likely to play two games on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day <laughs> than take a bye week. Yeah, yeah. It's messed up, though. I was really tired. All right, he's Charles McDonald. Uh, I'm glad you're not eating Thanksgiving leftovers. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at 4Verts, to find out what else he's lying about. Thanks, Charles. All right, later. Uh, so there is Charles McDonald on you the can, NFL. You can freeze the Oh, my, why are you making okay. this a thing? You, this you, you, you can. <laughs> yes. have, you ever, have you ever done that? No, I've not frozen turkey to eat it a month later. Not a month. It's been a month. Thanksgiving no, was I, a I, month no, ago. No, I'm saying I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't do it on Christmas, but... You know, you freeze the turkey, and maybe, I don't know, what, a week later? There's frozen raw meat right now at my house that I can thaw out and cook, but not, oh, I made this a month ago. Throw it in the freezer. Might eat it again later. I, I, okay, well, so you know ham and beans, like just the concept of ham and beans. Yeah, there, there may be a chance that every time I make it, I literally then portion it out and freeze it, and about once every three months go... Do I still have ham and beans? I do. I should not eat this. And like, then like microwave. You like basically meal prep ham and beans and then forget about it? Right. Is that what you're telling me? And then three to five months later go, eh, it's got salt in it and it's frozen. <sighs> oh, boy. What's wrong with you? It's a little scary. All right. Coming up next, are, are the Packers going to make the playoffs? Third and goal at the six with Mills in the gun. Pretoriano lined up left. Here's the snap. Davis steps out to the right. Davis on the move. Davis running to the sideline. Davis trying for the end zone, and he fumbles into the end zone. And Rich Burkhead recovers in the end zone, and the Texans have a touchdown. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Ed, are the Green Bay Packers going to make the playoffs? Have to win out against Minnesota at home in Detroit. Get one Washington loss, Cleveland-Dallas. Not out of the realm, is it? Are the Packers going to make the playoffs? I mean, and when I saw the situation here on the rundown, I'm like, that's completely doable. If they make it, this is what I'm actually cheering for, given the amount of Vikings fan we somehow have on the show. They would almost certainly be the seventh seed and... Have to go there, right? Potentially, Minnesota's the two seed. And that's the first round matchup. Do you know how funny it would be if the nine and eight Packers knocked the thirteen and four Vikings out of the postseason? It would uh, make one person that's usually on our show very upset. It'd Can be, you see her reaction? God, it would be funny. Oh, 
Like if you're hilarious, you're over here and you are the Vikings. You've had this great year. You've won all these close magical season. It's like, oh, the Packers suck. It's over. Finally, Aaron Rodgers is done. And if he He comes and beats you, (laughs) well, he'd have to be, he'd have to beat him twice. Right. 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 Would need to, I mean, technically they can get in if they were to lose one of the last two and Washington lost, lost both. So they can still get in without winning out. But, Easiest path for them is to win out, which would be beating Minnesota and then beating them again in the postseason. I I would find it hilarious if that happened. That'd be one of the funniest things we could see. I don't know if I'd find it shocking. No, not at all. Wouldn't find it shocking at all. Uh, Other game from the weekend: the Cowboys beat Philly forty to thirty-four. Wait, you're in here sighing? What are you sighing about? I beat Salerno. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get your uh, Starbucks uh, gift card. I've got to be honest about Salerno. I thought it was 25 cash. I had the wallet ready this morning. Oh, so you he, bet. So I Greg thought, Salerno. Well, I said 25. Next yeah, door 25. is an Eagles fan. Yeah. And uh, you guys bet. You 25. think it was $25 cash. Yeah, I said, let's bet 25. And he said he's getting you a $25 Starbucks gift card. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to use it. I'll use it. I like Starbucks. I'm a Starbucks guy, but... I don't know. I thought it, he I, definitely I, had a Starbucks gift card, a $25 Starbucks gift card lying around. It might be one that you gave him at one point. <laughs> well, no, he hasn't given it to him yet. No, I know. Yeah. He's definitely, but I'm like, he's like, well, I could go get cash or I've got that Starbucks yeah. gift card that Ed gave me two just, Christmases. Just, just, I took the wallet out. Next for. break, go over and ask him for cash. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, go ask him for cash. Okay, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to rethink what I said about this bet, but maybe I just wanted cash so bad I really did say a gift card. He, he'll, pro- he'll probably prefer to give you cash. He said earlier he's got to go to Starbucks and get you a gift card now. I'm sure he would prefer to just give you $25. I would if I had lost. In that sense, maybe I said a gift card, right? Because <laughs> you would really just usually like dip into the wallet right. and give me 25 bucks, Or you'd just be like, what's your Venmo? Because I don't have... Any cash on me. You are convinced, and I'm not convinced at all, that if Dallas plays in Philly, they can win. Of course they can win in Philly. Why can't they win in Philly? Mm. What are you worried about with the Eagles that the Cowboys can't do? They're, I don't know if they can go to Philly and score 40 again. I don't know if they don't need to. to score 40. There's three good teams in the NFC. One of them doesn't have a quarterback because they're the San Francisco 49ers, and they just roll out whoever, and it's like, I completed 70% of his passes for 212 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then the other two are the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I don't think there's a big difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think those two teams are about uh, the same level this year. And I can absolutely see Dallas go into Philly and win. Really? Yeah. I hope you're right. They're, not they're gonna, probably going to have to. Yeah, they're not going to be favored or anything, but they can right. absolutely go into Philly and win. There's zero reason to think they can't go into Philadelphia yeah. and beat the Eagles. I think the Eagles are really good. I think the Eagles have a great defense, and their offense is probably the, the best diversified offense in the league. But... They're not unbeatable. This is, this is absolutely a beatable team, especially for the Cowboys. I don't think they'll have, I mean, again, they're I'm on your favorite. bandwagon. I hope you're right. Yeah. I'll probably tell you when that happens that the Eagles are going to win, but <laughs> when they play each other, right. But there's no reason for me to think the Cowboys can't go do that. Of course they can go do that, but it is funny that that game meant absolutely nothing. No. I mean, I guess, I guess it means the Eagles have to play their starters one more week. Would have meant a little more had not the trap game not gotten the, the Cowboys with game. Jacksonville. The Jags trap Minch, game. And Minshew had to play the rest of the year. Then it would have been interesting. Are, are we going to look back and still call that a trap game when the Jags are like in the AFC title game? That makes it tougher to call it a trap game. <laughs> <laughs> the trap game. 
Uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, also, to wrap up some NFL here, Tua uh, threw three picks against the Packers. Uh, the Dolphins didn't score in the second half. They've lost four in a row. They're now eight and seven. But more importantly, Tua has is in just, concussion protocol. Would you play Tua again this year? It feels I mean, like the Dolphins need to shut him down. Yes. Um, I guess my my question is, in a sport where guys push through a lot of injuries to play, um, where that is the culture of the sport, how likely is it that a team shuts down a court, the, the most important Well, position. especially a team that still has playoff right. aspirations. How likely is it that a team actually shuts down their quarterback because, hey, this is... Because here's the thing. What's best for Tua is to not play football again this season. Sure. We're talking about head, injury, head injuries. Third, at least a third concussion. Right. We're talking about your brain. And one of the biggest long-term issues for football players is what happens with brain injuries. Best interest of Tua is to not play football again yes. this season. But will an NFL team actually do that? I have a hard time seeing that happen. Like, if he gets out of concussion protocol, the Dolphins and are starting him. he says he's fine, yeah. and he passes all the tests, the Dolphins they're going to starting him. him. They're going to play him. So, I don't know. It feels like it feels like we're going to watch feels that. gross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're going to be like, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, but... That's what I think. It's the same thing with the Raiders in terms of are they going to sit Carr or Adams or James? I have a feeling those guys play because it's football culture. It's the same thing happens in hockey, right? It's football. It's hockey culture. You got to be tough to play this sport, right? Or Phil Kessel. <laughs> Phil Kessel's tough. You say he's, he's a not tough, tough guy. He's, too, he's played through a lot of injuries to get that streak. Yeah. Has he? I think I'm so. just saying I've watched Alec Martinez take a puck to the face or two. I'm betting Phil Kessel's playing through injuries right now. He better hope They're he is. They're always hurt. Otherwise, he's just not good at all. <laughs> <laughs>